regrade request for two college professors to take a second look at questions and answers from around the internet and from you, the listener. My name's Professor Will McBurney. And my name is Professor Mark Sheriff, and it's summertime. We're back, back from our month off. How was your, your month off of not podcasting? It was spent writing a new course and testing oh, it yes. with 10 students, which is, it was actually kind of nice having like a class where I could learn everyone's name. That was weird, wasn't it? I mean, it was the same way with game design. I had 20-something, mm-hmm. one, I don't know, somewhere in that range. And I caught most of their names, I guess, I think. I don't know. It was kind of weird, though, because we didn't get our, we don't get our course evaluations until the end of the summer. So I taught summer one, you taught summer two, but apparently we don't get our course evals until, like, September? Yeah. Maybe that's good? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I... I... I have, uh, I, with course of vowels, I, I don't really stress over them anymore. Um, that's good. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm I glad you got to that, that point. point. Yeah. But let's um, not even, let's not even talk about course vowels. It's summertime. It's vacation time. Do you have any vacations planned? Are you, did you have any um, vacations? So we do want to visit a few family members. Um, so there was, you know, good. just some personal news. Um, so we want to visit some family in, in relation to said personal news. Uh, mm-hmm. So probably try to visit at least uh, Charleston, Philadelphia, maybe get down to some family I have in North Carolina. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, we finally uh, were able to make it out to uh, the North Carolina beach. My my parents rent a, a beach house and the whole sheriff clan goes out there uh, every summer We've done that for, the, for quite a while now since Sammy was too. So, so several years. We haven't gone the past couple of years. Gee, I wonder why, COVID. Yeah. Um, but we finally made it back out. And one thing that struck me on this, on this trip that still bothers me is that a lot of people would bring their bikes or rent their bicycles. And no one wore helmets. I don't get it. I understand the thought that, oh, you're on vacation. Calories don't count. No worries. I, it, it doesn't follow where it's, oh, you're on vacation. Concussions don't count. Don't yeah. worry about that either. I mean, it's I, I, I feel like I feel like wearing helmets has been normalized enough that it's just weird to see kids biking without helmets. I'm like, you're going to die. What are you doing, child? I don't know. Yeah, it's I, just, I, I mean. You know, if, if humans were good at making l- low risk uh, decisions that have long term benefits, smoking probably wouldn't exist as a thing <laughs> anymore. So, and how would the economies of Virginia and North Carolina have survived all this time? Uh, probably uh, lawyers, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, all right. All right. All right. Other things I saw on vacation, um, having not driven long, you know, terribly long distance. Okay, I guess I drove to Providence, Rhode Island. But beyond that, I saw so many more busted tires on the road. I mean, I you'd see them before, but I, for some reason, I was going through a part of New York State. You and mean it just like, like flat tires? Like people driving with flat tires? or No, 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 no. Like... When you have a a semi truck that oh, has a right. tire yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah. explode away, yeah, and so it turns out when I was looking, I've got our first question. By the way, I've been storing up these questions for a month. I've got just a truckload, nice. <laughs> truckload, um, that we can we can get through. Maybe first that's question, why the tire popped. 
This is from Explain It Like I'm Five. And the question is, why do semi-trucks leave behind huge chunks of tires on the road? And I've always wondered this. How in the world is it that we just keep having these just Mm -hmm. massive chunks of rubber hanging around? Did you know they have a name? Not just a colloquial name? I did not know they had a name. They're called road alligators. Okay, that makes sense with the shape. Yeah. No, wait. Okay, I guess the shape. But I was like... (laughs) I. They leap up and bite you, I guess. Well, it's because, like, you know, the 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 treads on the tires probably look kind of scaly. They just they look kind of crunchy. No, no, I'm thinking like if if you imagine a, uh, an alligator like laying on its stomach, you'd oh, see like the scales. And that makes like makes the treads more of the sense. tires are kind of scaly looking. See, I was thinking like kind of like the Wacka alligator games where the yeah. alligator mouth comes out and it just. Anyway, yeah. Question to you. Uh, do you know why this is the case? I mean, I imagine it's because so the so truck tires have to be at a much higher pressure simply because they're carrying more weight. Um, so add heat, and uh, you know the tire can can just basically just the, the it, expand it, the pressure, and the tire stretches enough that it 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 weakens and 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 rips open. Would be my guess. So you're at, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a number of reasons, but there's, is an interesting corollary that goes with it. So first the reasons, uh, a Michigan university study that uh, looked at over 85,000 different pounds of tire casing, looked at what are the like, what caused the, the event, <laughs> I suppose, um, uh, about 38%. It was because they hit a curb or a nail or something else. that was a sharp impact of some kind. Mm-hmm. 32% was just from bad maintenance, operational problems. was excessive heat and 15% was manufactured defects. But what's really interesting is that um, only 60% of the tires are, are the, the, the rubber that came off are from original tires. I didn't know this. And this was interesting. This was posted in the explain it. Like I five, it was the most upvoted comment uh, from someone who apparently works as a part manager for a national trucking company. Um, retreading is very, very common mm-hmm. with, um, truck tires because them's big and them's expensive. Right. And so what they do is when the tire, uh, just wears down enough, um, they retread it with a, with a new, new band. Um, how that actually happens, not exactly sure, but, uh, what he says is, is this safe? He's like, yeah, by and large, this is very safe. Um, as long as you're not putting these retreaded tires on the drive wheels on the front two right. tires that yeah. are handling steering. But if it's just, you know, just kind of the rolling fun stuff in the back, then yeah, uh, it's a good way for the company to save money. And so, um, that's, uh, you know, that they, so it, it's there just is a, the there's re, a place it's the retread coming off the tire, but not the tire popping. Yeah. It's the tread coming off okay. the tire, that makes not sense. always popping. Yeah. And so, but again, it's 60% new tire, 40, 60%, you know, tires that have not been refurbished. Right. This happens to, and 40% where, you know, you, I think the, 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 the point of the article was like, Hey, retreading is not a problem. Retreading is not 90% of the rubber that's on the right, road. Right. It's, you know, it's a percentage, but not, not, not completely crazy. So anyway, when I was driving down the road and I happened to stumble upon that question, I was like, well, I need to talk about this because. I saw a lot of this stuff. Uh, I have other things about the things I saw down the road, but do you have a, a question you would like to talk about? Well, speaking of roads, um, 
I this is I I I have a pet peeve and it comes to just one people uh, well okay I'm a very angry little man but <laughs> um I have a pet peeve where people will post and be like oh you know th- things in the 1400s were like this and now they're like that the 1400s were better and it's like you know third of the world's population died of plague but okay um I guess that thing is nice. <laughs> Details. Anyway, um, and the one that comes up a lot is like, Roman roads have lasted forever. Roman construction has lasted forever. Roman concrete has lasted forever. Why don't we have that in America? And, you know, I have the pet peeve on the road. The question that I have isn't about explicitly roads, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Question is, um, uh, sorry. Uh, why is Roman concrete still functioning after 2,000 years, and American concrete is breaking in mass after 75? Okay, so this is something like someone looked at the aqueducts and said, yeah. man, those are just baller, and then they looked at some of the bridges that have collapsed in the United States and like, well, that's weak sauce. What's going on there? Yeah. Why, why, Interesting. Why, why do our roads have potholes and Roman roads don't? So, so I've I've actually been to Pompeii and mm-hmm. uh, you know I got to do one of those like high school trips where we got to go to Pompeii, got to go to got to go to the Forum and places like that. And I hate to I hate to break it to them, that stuff's kind of crumbling too. <laughs> <laughs> not I mean, not even kind of crumbling. Most of it's gone. Like yeah, most of it is most kind of, of it gone. isn't there anymore. Like I've I've been inside the Colosseum. And yeah. it does look like it has been there for, you know, a few centuries yeah. and has, has some seen some seen some stuff. Yeah. And so so I, I, I had the opportunity to go to Rome as well. I was in Florence for a conference and I figured really. Yeah. Oh, well, so cool. I, was in, I was in Florence for uh, ICSE, International Conference of Software Engineering. And um, I figure the airfares covered. So I just flew out two days later when the rates were cheaper anyway. And my school was happy for that. And I just spent two days in Rome. That's um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they have a lovely train system, which surprisingly uh, wasn't built by the Romans. Because, I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> was so, it on Roman concrete? So at best, this is a massive survivorship bias of like, of the Roman, of like the three Roman structures that are standing today. Why has that concrete lasted longer than ours it, it, it there's a huge survivor bias there but part of it is and there there is some elements of truth to this part of this is a combination of a few factors one specifically in the united states of america around the early 1900s concrete was pretty shoddily built okay but another factor is that roman concrete if it used any kind of rebar, it was likely bronze, which meant it didn't corrode. Uh, whereas oh, we use steel, which which does corrode. Um, hmm. And you may say, well, what about stainless steel? Stainless steel is a lot more expensive. So, yeah, no kidding. You know, when you're talking about construction equipment that ideal or construction of things that ideally shouldn't be exposed to air anyway, you're typically going to just see a standard rebar. So part of part of it's that part of it is admittedly some bad materials out there. But the other side of it, too, is, you know, Rome, because they didn't have this rebar, their solution was, okay. well, instead of building one like really tall wall, 
we're going to also make it really, really wide, too, so then it can support its own weight. Like, because hmm. the, the rebar helps it deal with any kind of tension, like any kind of swaying or anything like that. Um, so just replace a little concrete and a little rebar with just tons and tons and tons and tons of concrete. You know, much more <laughs> inefficient a build. Um, as far as the Roman roads go, the thing that I think people seem to not realize is that most of the Roman roads don't have 18 wheelers driving over them <laughs> at 80 miles an hour. Are you saying that horse and buggy is a little bit less intense on a road than yeah, and you than know all them alligators? Like if you if you look at road damage, most of it, frankly, is caused by the well, pretty much all of it is is caused by motor vehicles by um, TikTok, but, by, by people but trying mostly to record by, TikTok by large vehicles, mostly by yeah. trucks. Like the largest truck that can drive on a road is usually going to be the thing that causes the majority of the damage. I mean, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's because, you know, big heavy truck, when the wheels are spinning, it's creating a ton of shear force. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 you know, also, if you actually go to walk on some of the Roman roads, they're not level. Like, they're not like no. this. No, they're, you're, you, like, you realize you're walking on stones because if you're not paying attention, you will turn an ankle. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and that's yes, you definitely on the will. ones that have been like maintained and refurbished. And the thing about modern concrete, I swear there are some there are some concrete brick in structures back in the woods that I think have been there for several centuries. I'm not going in them, yeah. but it looks like they're going to stay there for a very, very, very long time, too. And they'll be talking about them in you know, 2000 years about what did the. What did the what humans did, what did and, the ancients of the early twenty first century do? They the ancient, you know, once they, they were they were great water, sages who who shared all their knowledge in what is it? Well, not one hundred forty characters anymore, two hundred sixty characters something over like that. over the know. greatest academic resource of their time, Twitter. That's right. And after they go underwater, since all of you know Virginia will be underwater up to the Blue Ridge Parkway, they'd go diving down and they'll find it. We should be okay. We're we should be enough. just fine. You don't want to know why? Because I another thing I saw when I was going down the road, and this was on the interstate, and it made me stop. Oh, I didn't stop, but I I did kind of like rubber like what the heck did I just see on that on that board? Kindness is key. Okay, that big emblazoned words, kindness is key. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And I was like, why do the why do the pictures on this thing look very familiar? I apologize to everyone who says we talk about games too much, but it was a picture of Sora from Kingdom Hearts with his friends Mickey and Donald and Goofy also from the Kingdom Hearts games. To which I thought, what? Where did you see this again? This was on a billboard. This was on a billboard on the interstate in New York State. So I went and looked it up. The Ad Council, the U.S. Ad Council, Kindness is Key, how the Ad Council partnered with Kingdom Hearts to prevent bullying. Hmm. Turns out um, the Ad Council uh, partnered with Games for Good and then also entered into a partnership with Square Enix and Disney to then put the characters from Kingdom Hearts in ads 
to counter bullying. Hmm. And and if I was 12, okay, 42-year-old me thought, oh, that's cool. 12-year-old me would have been even more beside himself. Mm-hmm. Video games are, you know, are are yeah, um have made it to the point that they are in mass advertising like this yeah. for things other than selling the actual product itself. Um so I remember they- I remember Kingdom Hearts came out I think when I was in high school which is you know just a, a while ago now. I don't really know anything about the series other than it's so, like somehow Disney and Final Fantasy and I have heard so, that the yeah. plot like requires playing like 12 games even though we're on Kingdom Hearts 3 to understand and even then you can't really understand it. All right. Well, here here is here is all you need to know for as far as this ad campaign goes, okay? Um a Japanese and this is for people who who also aren't familiar with the series, a Japanese company known for making mm. these role-playing games with very angular characters. I mean, these are people who have their jackets have at least 20 zippers on them. Right. That's just, you know, they're just I mean, more zippers makes you more cool. More zipper make more cool. Absolutely. They, that these characters team up with Mickey, Donald and Goofy and travel to each of these different Disney worlds where they help the main characters from those stories finish out the stories of those games. And okay. it's all about just saving the multi it's, it's basically saving the multiverse okay. over so and over it, and over and over again. It's, it's Dr. Who, but sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. And the story is the friendships you made along the way. Hmm. I mean, it really, that's I, I, I like, worry that would result in bullying kids who don't have enough zippers on their clothes. <laughs> Better buy some cargo pants. <laughs> well, um, it, it, it just tickled me to see this. It was just, just kind of hilarious that turns out that yes, um, kingdom hearts was here. Mm-hmm. Kingdom hearts was on the board and it made me very happy. Now I am going to go ahead and direct us into the next question while we stay in video game land for just a second, even though this is a question that I really want you to answer. And that is, Hey, will, how good is stray? Um, I haven't played that much of it yet. I haven't finished it. I I quite like it, but that's because I am a big fan of cats. Somebody asked the question, if the game's main character wasn't a cat, would the game be good? And oh, that's a good question. From what I have heard, and I have not finished the game. I've only played like about a couple well, about a couple hours. Probably not, but it's a cat that's a pretty well animated cat. It kind of looks like my kitty cat, Stuart. So Stuart has a white tummy. The cat from Stray does not have a white tummy. Although there are, of course, people modding uh, their own cats into the <gasps> game. They're modding their own cat. So yeah. let's let's briefly tell folks <laughs> Stray is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. You play as a stray cat, although in a like a cyberpunk <laughs> kind of future sort of it, thing. It's not really a stray cat, though, is the thing, because. It's just like there's four cats that clearly are like wild cats, and one of them gets separated from the other. Oh, okay. Um, let, let me read the, the first line of the review from Polygon.com by Alexis Ong, um, which I think sums things up pretty well. My first death in Stray was a swift, sharp punch to the gut. My soft, limp body was overwhelmed by a swarm of vicious creatures that scurry around. 
The screen flashed red and encouraged me to retry, but the message was clear. You died. The first time this happened, I clung to the belief that my tiny kitty protagonist was just unconscious. Surely, I thought this adorable game wouldn't let my kitty die. Eventually, my delusion was shattered. I learned that these creatures wanted to eat anything, including my cat. I glanced at my real-life cat, who'd been yelling at me through this whole sequence of events, <laughs> drowned to the sound effects of playing. Welcome to playing Stray with my cat. So, I, I, I was, I, I've, played, I've played a couple hours of it, and I've run from the things. They're called the Zerk, by the way, because hard to come up with names, so that you just... You just, like, punch people in the solar plexus and just, like, record the sound they make, and that's the name of your creature. Um, <laughs> and, um, after they catch their breath, then you then you just have to get further. Um, you can, so, so the game has a dedicated meow button, and for some Ooh, reason that meow oh, button wonderful. makes the Zerk, that, like, when they climb on you, it makes them fall off, so you can just, like, mash it. I haven't had any issues with i haven't i haven't died yet i that seems like that would drive real life cats crazy if in a game you're just hitting the meow 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 yeah, meow i mean meow. i i don't think any of my cats noticed it but i don't know i haven't i haven't played it a ton maybe i can spam the meow button and see how they react in real time right now yeah. go ahead load it up see what happens yeah no hey Stuart. he's he, hey Stuart down here he's he's taking a nap so i'll i'll let sleeping cats lie well, cat lovers, if if you want to go try out Stray, you should go do it. Seems I, like it's. I have enjoyed the couple hours I've played of it. Well, good. Do you have a do, do you have a question? Um. Okay. So sticking with the topic of we focus on games too much, I'll go to my backup question, uh, <laughs> which is not about games. Um, okay. And it's how do altimeters work? And the <gasps> yes, tell the, me the interesting thing, like because the the question asked actually correctly said hey you know my thought would be they use like air pressure but that was my guess doesn't air pressure like change with the weather or oh right you know with the ground that you're on or even just local uh climate air pressure might be different etc like how how do they normalize that and the short version is yes uh primarily it's air pressure but okay. Because you have to contend with weather and things like this, when well, you don't actually always need your altimeter that precise. When you're in the okay. upper atmosphere flying, well, I don't want to say, yeah. when you're in the upper atmosphere flying, when you're like 35,000 feet up, it doesn't really matter if you're like 34, 6, 37 feet up, right? That's not really True. a big deal. Uh, I, I, I mean, said thirty-five thousand feet up, by the way, that. which is yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that that's accurate. Actually, come to think of it. Anyway, point being, um, when do you really need your altimeter to be accurate? When you're landing. landing. <laughs> so one one of the things that you that the pilots do is they calibrate the altimeter for the local weather by getting the air pressure from flight control. Oh, that now, makes sense. Now, of course, obviously, it's largely automated now. Um, but, but is there any, and I, I don't know if you saw this in any of the articles you read, mm -hmm. um, is there any cross check with GPS? Because if you have mm -hmm. link to like f at least four or five satellites, you should be able to get some altimity or 
altitude data as well. I I I don't know. I actually I, I didn't really see anything on GPS. Yeah. I have seen um so there there are GPS based like terrain avoidance uh systems, but those systems don't just use GPS. They also use what's called radar altimeter. So radar altimeter is um it's like what it sounds. It's you shoot a laser at the ground, and when it bounces back up and hits the plane, the the time it takes to travel that's that's how high up you are. Um, so that you know they they have that as a resource as well. But the issue being, um, you know, it it doesn't map to um, like uh, there there's actually was an incident where uh, a plane basically crashed because they were trusting the radar altimeter when the the uh the landing strip was basically uphill of a of a va- of a very deep valley mm. and so hmm. they they relied on the radar altimeter rather than the uh the air pressure altimeter which wouldn't be as affected by the by the you know the valley there sure sure um so primarily they my understanding is they use the air pressure one um, okay well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I'm just I mean, the, there are GPS-based systems, but they still rely on internal equipment on the plane. It's not just, like, mm-hmm. pure GPS-driven. I find every single instrument in a plane cockpit to be amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who, you know, you're getting off the plane, and if they have the door, I mean, they don't do it as much anymore, but they have the door cracked, and you can right, kind of yeah. peek in. And you're just like, holy smokes, there's buttons and lights, mm-hmm. and I want to know what all of the things do. And, you know, we have a flight simulator over in the mechanical engineering oh, building. Um, yeah, we do. Um, and it's in a room that has a has a window on Got it. Right. So you can actually walk down the hallway and watch people doing their things. Um, that, they haven't let me get in it yet. <laughs> I really should. I, 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 they've let I've gotten in the car gimbal where you mm-hmm. when you steer, the thing actually moves and, and jiggers around. But. Uh, I haven't gotten in the flight simulator, but I mean, you'd think after playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, I'd know everything I needed to yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, that's but, that's 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 a complete one. Yeah. So, so uh, my dad actually has uh, like a single engine Cessna that he uh, that he flies occasionally. Oh, I think it's been a bit since he's flown it, but um, I have flown in it. I I'm not I have not flown it, but I have flown. That sounds in terrifying. It, it sounds um, terrifying to me. Well, so when I I was inoculated to it early because um, okay, I guess that's been a personal history. My parents were separated when I was when I was very very young, um, like so much so that I don't I don't have memories of them living together. But so the easiest way for my dad to get us was actually to fly because if you're driving, I mean, he lives in Western North Carolina. You're basically driving through the Appalachian, so it's not a I mean, even on interstates, it's not a particularly efic- efficient route. No, um, yeah. And that was before several of the highways were really completed in West Virginia, so they weren't like super, super fast. Uh, and so uh, he would actually fly occasionally, and and I liked it because it was always a lot faster. My mom hated it because she was terrified, but I was like, well, yeah, I was a kid. I'm like, oh yay, I get to not be in a car as long. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly right, a car like vehicle. Yeah, uh, we were we were running a workshop. You actually took the picture for it. It was that it was mm-hmm. Deer's, Deer's workshop. Yeah. And and we were we were telling people, okay, you can make your plane tickets. We'll reimburse you, whatever. And one guy got here and he's like, oh yeah, I flew. We're like, oh yeah, okay. Well, what flight do you want? He's like, no, 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 no. I flew, mm-hmm. like I flew my plane. And we're like, oh, 
we don't know how to reimburse you for that. He's like, well, there's the fee for parking it at the airport. I'm like, oh, give us your parking ticket, I guess. Mm. It was, it's like, okay, sure, fine. Hey, can we can we look further up, further up past the sky, all the way to the stars? Because I want to talk about the James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah. Um, I I think we've actually talked about the the JWST already once, but this article from Quartz.com um, entitled "The James Webb Space Telescope Images Are Not What Your Eyes Would See," right. but that makes them science, not faked. And I love what this mm-hmm. article is getting at. And so um, most of us have probably seen by this point, either on the news or on, on social media or just, you know somewhere, the the first image that was released. I think Biden even mm-hmm. had a, a press conference for it. And there was a lot of warping and, and things like that. I was, what does that mean? And that sort of thing. And what's fascinating is that this article talks about how the, the James Webb Space Telescope, unlike the Hubble, is really looking at the entire spectrum all the way right. to, um, you know, uh, ultraviolet rays mm-hmm. to, you know, infrared rays, which are not visible to human eye. So how in the world do you show that to someone? Well, it's it's like a, a translation. If you're trying yeah. to translate from one language to another, they want to do things like, OK, if it's still a longer wavelength then it's in the reddish range. If it's a shorter wavelength, it's in the bluish range. Mm-hmm. But the idea is we can, you know, um, do a mapping, so to speak, into the visible spectrum so that we can give people a visualization that gives some idea of not necessarily what it quote unquote would look like as if you were, you know, Captain mm-hmm. Picard sitting on the bridge of the Enterprise and you're staring at these things. But it's a visualization of what the data is. Right. And that's just a fascinating, I mean, it's accurate, but it's also important for people to know that this telescope is not just, Ooh, I got big lens point that way. Right. It's trying to gather a lot more. I, I mean, what do you think? I mean, if you yeah, look I at mean, some, I mean, some of these pictures are, saying, are amazing. Oh, oh, they're faking it because they're looking at a different spectrum than a visible spectrum. Like, have you ever seen an X-ray? Because that's that's <laughs> literally what an X-ray is doing is translating X-rays into visible spectrum. Um, no, you know it's it's an interesting. I mean, the the cool part of it is that the James Webb Telescope can see things like there's this counterintuitive fact of you know the universe is estimated to be like thirteen point seven billion years old, I believe. Yet there are things that that it can see that are further apart than that, and that seems counterintuitive when you say like. The universe has, you know, this this intrinsic speed limit of light and vacuum, um, and it kind of it kind of is a way to talk about how space expands, which is a bit weird. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 really cool. I mean, uh, just kind of understanding the scale of of the galaxies. I mean, understanding that a, the the solar system alone is is unfathomably massive. And it is one of, I believe, I believe in the hundreds of millions of stars in the Milky Way. I, I could, Something like that. Yeah, uh, but I don't remember the number either. There's estimated to be like, I think they reduced their estimate below a trillion galaxies in the observable universe to like 900 billion or something like that. So it's, oh, so it's only 900 billion galaxies that are, you know. Yeah, it, 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 it blows my mind. I'll say that. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, it to the point that it's hard to even really. Yeah, but uh, to to be clear, so so when you're looking at the galaxy, you think like, couldn't you see that with visible light? The issue is the galaxy's moving away from us relative to our position. I talked about this before with like gravity and space and the fact that space is expanding and it's expanding more like you're standing on the surface of a balloon that's being blown up where the space in between mm-hmm. points is just getting bigger if if they're if the they're not space close enough. Between. Yeah. And thank you Dave Matthews. Anyway, um <laughs> you know, it, it's apropos He's from Charles Thor at least played here. Um but yeah, so the the issue is because the galaxies are moving faster away from us. All, uh, uh, in fact, there are things in the universe, in the observable universe, that are moving faster than the speed of light away from us. Um, which, again, seems like it breaks rules, but it doesn't. Um, but, so, galaxies that would be producing visible light that we could see with the naked eye, because they're, they've been moving so far away, the, the light's frequency has shifted. It's the Doppler effect. It's, you know, a, a train... Sounds higher pitch when it's coming towards you, lower pitch when it's going away. The, it's the mm-hmm. exact same thing, but on the scale of light. And so that's why red visible light, you know, as it stretches, it becomes radio waves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Also it's why, so- if you were to actually travel at the speed of light, uh, you would die to gamma radiation from just, like, normal light. Because for, to you, it would be gamma radiation. Because it'd be compressed so much. But wouldn't that just make you the Hulk? Uh, no. No, it would make you uh, a Hulk of incinerated matter. Oh. Are you you telling me that Marvel Comics has been lying to me all this time? It has not. Much like the James Webb Space Telescope, it is in fact lying to you. No. Okay. Um, (laughs) No, but but so understand that that translation has a practical effect of, yes, you wouldn't see that with the human eye, but based on our estimates of how far away those objects are and how fast they are moving, we can actually make reasonable approximations as to... Uh, reasonable is probably a bit of a stretch. We can make broad well, approximations of like what their visible color would appear to be, you know, taking into account the, the, the fact that they are... Space is driving us apart. Well, that sounded sad. Space is driving us apart. Oh, yeah, no, something uh, you need eventually to tell me? the universe will be old enough that, uh, or will be spread out enough that um, the observable universe will be basically our galaxy, and then even potentially, as a, depending on how far you go down that rabbit hole, in theory, uh, just like, I mean, by that point, Milky Way and Andromeda will be one galaxy, but yeah, like that globular galaxy will be the, all that's basically left. In terms of our observable universe, because space will be so spread out. And then the black holes eat everything, and then okay, they dissolve. Should, uh, all right, should we, should, we, should we come back down to Earth? You gotta... Do you gotta I, I'm sorry, <laughs> did, I, did, I, did, I, did, I, did I bring down the mood talking about the, the <laughs> death of the universe? I, yeah, that's... That, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We'll all be dead anyway by then. Uh, okay, I mean, I don't know which I need to worry about first, the heat death of the universe or the fact that I have to start teaching in a month, so... Uh, Feel like the teaching, teaching has higher stakes. Teaching teaching a class I haven't taught in seven years, so that'll be fun. Has anything changed in mobile devices and in mobile phones in seven years? Is there I, I don't think learn? so. I think I think you don't I, think I, so. Well, in, in it, I mean, in fairness, in seven years, pretty much things have gotten faster and the cameras have gotten better. Is like okay. 
sure. I, it, it, from my perspective, all of the languages have changed and uh, have. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, I I still have a I still have a, a quota of stories over here. Do you have one you want to jump to? Uh, I don't really have a good end of an episode one. So go ahead. Well, I I, I think there are two here that I think are right up our alley. The title of the article from TheVerge.com, Internet Explorer, Star of Windows, dies at 26. Windows, Microsoft, um, has finally, officially mm-hmm. pulled the plug on Internet Explorer. And to this day, there's still going to be some people out there still using it. Yep. Because Internet Explorer... I mean, you know, it and and the original Mosaic, the original Netscape, mm-hmm. they're, um, gosh, back in 96, 94, 95, kind of in that range, I guess, mm-hmm. is when we really started to see some movement in here. Um, just we're, we're synonymous, uh, synonymous with the Internet. The right, e, yeah. That E logo with the uh, the kind of the orbit around it. Yeah, that is what so many people just associated with. I'm getting on the internet. I'm you know clicking on the internet Internet Explorer icon. It's even older um, than the the blue Linksys router. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's older than a lot of things. Um, it's older than our students. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, you're 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 welcome. Um, from the perspective of folks who develop software, though, Internet Explorer has always been a thorn in our side. Mainly because Microsoft, when they developed the original Internet Explorer, put in it the code that would interpret a web page. Let's just say it was a little bit more creatively uh, driven than the other standard browsers at the time. So a lot of people, when they were designing a web page, would write the code for the web page and then would intentionally have an, a statement in there yeah, that said, like, if person yeah. using Internet Explorer... Generate this. this other web page, yeah, yeah. Generate this other web page, and and there were a number of hmm? portability. Yeah, uh, there were there were a number of companies that even just outright said, "You're using Internet Explorer. You cannot use our 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 website. Go get a different browser and come back later." And then for a um, long time, there was the opposite of um, if you're not using Internet Explorer, you can't use the website because they only built it yeah. just for it was IE users. To do Two completely different development stacks, effectively. Yeah. Yep. But Microsoft, uh, with the, I believe it was with the introduction of Windows 10, um, introduced the Edge browser, which uh, is Edge uh, is a bit older than that. I think it was. I think it existed maybe even with eight. I could be um, wrong on that, but I, I. So the 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 article the article that I have basically said that they started pushing it in Windows yeah. 10. That doesn't. I, I think that doesn't mean it didn't exist. That, but I could be wrong. That's possible. I could very That's well possible. be wrong. But but um, Microsoft Edge is a perfectly serviceable browser. Um, well, it's it's, it's you know, Chromium, so it's based on the same architecture as, as Chrome is. True. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's there yeah, there's some Microsofting on top of it, but mm-hmm. yes, the the core of it is the same. So you know, nowadays if you're using Chrome or Firefox or Edge or Safari, those are the top four. Um, you're going to get a pretty equal experience mm-hmm. with all of them nowadays we, we we've all kind of come to an agreement on html5 and we don't have to deal with internet explorer quite as much um as as we used to now that microsoft has officially has officially killed it 
Well, I mean, once, once there are good standards in place, people tend to have good reasons to adopt them. Like USB-C, except for one company um, who mm. who has who has decided that they're not willing to lose out on the proprietary charger market. Okay, well, so so Apple's who he's talking about. Yep, and uh, Apple has actually switched back to the MagSafe adapter, which is the same. You know, ha- has a, a proprietary charger like most laptops. Mm. Um, but you know the the new Mac Studio. It was a big deal. They actually put USB A ports on the front of it, yeah. marring its perfect, its perfect exterior with those nasty USB A ports. Man, for things how are like, they going to make money selling you the thing that attaches so you can attach USB A, which everyone had to do anyway? I know. Sorry, I, I, I will. I, I have an issue with that kind of nickel and diming that Apple does. You have an issue with Apple? Yeah, as a company, yes. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh, All right, Will. I'm hating their oh, com- I'm hating their operating system a little less, but I still hate their hardware. Okay. That's fair. I I, I had to push at least one button. Yeah. Uh whether it be Apple or Mac or um something so, something else. Uh so it's been stored up. All right, last question. This is from No Stupid Questions. Here's the entire question. Plus the little comment. The question is, is there a reliable way I can prove that I'm cursed? Serious replies only. No. <laughs> um, cause you're not. Um, this is, this is skeptic McBurney time. Curses don't exist. Deal with reality. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, not sure where to go from there. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry if I if I put too fine a point on that. I I love how I was like, oh, this is one that can spur some good comedy. Let me put this one up yeah. and see what sort of fun stuff we can do. And Bernie's like, no, I I just I don't I don't appreciate I don't your like humor. The, I I I it, it, like my least favorite expression in the world is everything happens for a reason. No, it doesn't. And it's just like, that's kind of like where I come at all of these things from. It's just like, nah, sometimes things just happen. And and, and, it, and it really sucks when they do. But like, it, it doesn't, doesn't mean that curses are real. Like, define a scientific experiment with 100 people who are supposedly cursed and a 100-person control group. We, of course, need to have this judged by... Uh, someone else we need a double blind study here in this case and um you know maybe maybe we, that's maybe we have curse? the first hundred people like break some mirrors and then we rule out from any bad luck uh any injuries to the feet due to stepping on glass because because that's a, legos still counts glass no oh. no that's that's experimental that's experimental bias right that's construction bias as someone who steps on Legos every night trying to get out of um, my daughter's room without waking her up, mm-hmm. it is it is a curse. It is an actual, verifiable, empirical curse. I cannot leave the room without tracking some of those deadly tiny daggers out in my soft, gentle feet. No. So, there. I was flipping through the comments uh, on the No Stupid Question, and I'm... I'm extremely disappointed that they're all serious answers. 
like, and then one is one's really like kind of dark. You want to believe you are cursed because it's an easy way to accept your life, which is seeing your posts sounds pretty bad. I recommend therapy. Looks like you overthink things quite a bit. Ooh. I mean, admittedly, some part of it could be them trying to shift the locus of control off themselves as a defense mechanism. I, I would just hope it's on no stupid questions and someone just wanted to post a stupid <laughs> question and they were trying to get some well, yuck, they, yuck they, yucks they, going on there. They don't allow stupid questions they, on that Reddit. And they were trying, they were trying to give me material for our episode coming back from vacation, but then when I read it, my partner would not come up with anything funny to yeah, say. You must be cursed. And so now I, I must be cursed. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much cursed, for hanging out with us for this past hour. What? Cursed, cursed to McBurney. Cursed to McBurney. Um, thanks for thanks for coming back and listening. We've been off for a month. Um, the month was good for us, I, I think. Um, I don't know what our schedule still is going to be up until classes start. Hopefully, you know, um, you know, I have one more vacation planned. Uh, McBurney still has some travel coming up, too. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say we're back on the regular schedule just yet, but we will try to have you know, another podcast up probably before classes start and hopefully you will be get back into a rhythm um, as the rhythm of the semester starts coming on to us. We have been building up these questions or, I, or at least I have as evidenced by the quality content I brought to the table today. I had more, more <laughs> questions. They just weren't good. Like, hey, let's end the episode by talking about. I'm just like, trying to throw as I'm just trying to throw as much shade at McBurney as I can right now for humorous purpose no. but if you have a question you would like for us to take a look at please send it to us at hosts at regradequest.com you still could be the first person to record your question at regradequest.com for us to include in an episode which at this point after a full year i just assume the link doesn't work surely someone has tried by now i assume anyway um vacation still coming up Classes are done for the summer. We are looking forward to a new semester coming up soon with a whole bunch of new episodes. So until then, for myself and for Professor Will McBurney, take care, be safe, and watch for falling goats. We can use the altimeter to figure out how fast they're falling. Do you think the wavelength of a goat traveling away in space, how red would that be? be red depends on how, red. how fast the goat's moving uh what what percentage of truck tire